doctor. Hi, I'm Dr. Dovek, and she's a dietitian. Hey, I'm Hannah Schuyler, and together we are the, the Doctor Dietitian Collab. And before we get too into sleeve revisions mm-hmm. and bypass and surgical videos, can we see something cute? And we fun? can. All right, so we'll do a little bump date. A bump update Look at here. That. Baby girl is in there. Baby girl at how many weeks now? 23 weeks. Oh my gosh. I know. I know. I feel like in the last like two weeks, I've really looked. I know. You do pregnant. have like a little like, bump now. Yeah. It's not just like burrito belly. It's, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's so a baby. Cute. When I saw you today, I'm I like, oh, there it is. There it is. Yeah. It's so fun. I don't see her all the time, but uh-huh. when I do, I like, yeah. you know, everyone's eyes automatically, which is yeah. rude. I should really watch what I'm doing, <laughs> but I. Well, you know it's there. You know it's, you know, it's developing. You're not a stranger. And all of our fans do too. So how cute is Hannah? So, wow, we have um, something fun today. Yeah. I I love these ones. This is looking at OR videos. So if you're listening to our podcast, you can always, of course, watch it too. If you head on over to our YouTube channel, Mm -hmm. Dr. X Dietitian. Yep. And, and yeah, so what we're going to do today is go through the live footage of a sleeve to bypass revision surgery. And this is one that you do fairly often, um, fairly frequently. Yeah. So the title of this is Sleeves Gone Wild. And this is an example of a patient who, in this case study, she was just not really losing the weight that she wanted. She was able to eat a lot more than she could in a single setting. She had gone to Mexico actually a few years ago, about two years ago, and had the sleeve performed. She lost some weight. She got stuck. Her story is not unlike maybe yours if you're listening. Mm-hmm. You've had the sleeve and you just did not achieve the goals that you wanted to, or you even experienced a little bit of loss, but then regain. Mm-hmm. And you might be you know, frustrated with yourself, but this video is really going to highlight how sometimes it is not that you stretched it or you're mm-hmm. a failure or you've out-eaten it. No, it's in fact that the sleeve is absolutely was created too wide. This patient, I will show you details of why that is and why it's truly, it's not your fault. And um, you should get maybe, you know, a consultation to look into having it revised. Yeah. And we'll talk more throughout the video as well of, you know, why this might be something, how to go about the the practice of, of getting this, you know, checked out and everything and of course explain to you what's happening this video is a little bit sped up so just fyi Mm -hmm. just want to make make you aware this is sped up just because for the sake of time and making sure it's very similar to a bypass video so if you've watched the bypass video we did previously of course this a lot of the steps are much the same so just wanted to let you know that as well yep so without further ado let's open up the video and let's get to the good part here all right Oops, sorry. There we go. (laughs) All right. So the first thing that I do is I like to make um, the lower anastomosis, the jejunojejunostomy. And what I'm holding up here, that's called the ligament of trites. And that is the border where the intestines go from being retroperitoneal to intraperitoneal or where the duodenum becomes the jejunum. So what I'm doing is I'm counting down 70 centimeters and that is where I'm going to ultimately divide it so that everything that's going to be to the left of this 60 millimeter white load right here is going to be, yep, right there. That's the stapler. So everything to the left, that's the biliopancreatic limb. So that's the part that's connected to the bypass stomach and also the first 
part of the small intestine called the duodenum and then the first 70 centimeters of the jejunum and everything to the right where my fist is grabbing that is going to become the rule limb or the part that's going to go up top and connect to our new and improved gastric pouch so that's going to be the fun part of this operation really seeing what that sleeve looks like mm -hmm. and how i revise it yeah so with this portion off to the left, like she said, that's the bypassed portion. And that's part of what makes the bypass or revision a malabsorptive procedure. Because all of that is where normally nutrients, calories, different things would be absorbed into your, your bloodstream and everything. So we're bypassing a chunk of that intestine yes so she she's getting so good at these yeah. i'll tell you what yeah so that part right there that that my assistant's holding on to that's the blind end of the biliopancreatic limb we got to make sure of as always the mouth is connected to the anus so that's why i'm going to bypass an additional 150 centimeters in this patient so that there's a total of about 220 centimeters of intestine that are bypassed mm -hmm. so i'm keeping track of all of this and then at 150 centimeters downstream, I have my assistant hold up. And then I'm going to make an enterotomy into the side. It's called the anti-mesenteric side of the intestine. And then that is where my staple will slide in so that I can make these two pieces of intestine become one so that everything's in continuity um, and uh, things can go right down the stream there as well. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the big things about malabsorption is the duodenum, its biggest thing that it absorbs is those divalent cations. I know, I love it's that. It's favorite term. It is my favorite term because it makes me sound just so, so smart. smart. But You're just such a scientist. I know. Well, I mean, really, I have to remember a couple of things here. You do. So with that, those are calcium 2 plus iron, which is Fe2 plus. And so that is why we always say that you have to separate your iron from your calcium by at least two hours. So. And why it's so important to take them because we know that you're gonna have a reduced absorption of those specific minerals, the calcium and the iron, because we're bypassing where a lot of them are absorbed. So it's exactly. really important to take more so that where it does get absorbed, you're getting enough. Exactly. So, yeah. Now I fired a stapler. So again, those two things are now connected as one. So in other words, the food and drink comes down what we call the rulem, mm -hmm. and then that bypass stomach, the duodenum and the first 70 centimeters of small intestine, they will meet up at what this anastomosis or connection is right here mm -hmm. called the JJ anastomosis or jejunojejunostomy um, for long. Yeah. So yeah, so you get the, the digestive juices still coming from that bypassed stomach into this. So with this anastomosis, I do something called a bidirectional stapling. And I am, I already fired one direction with that 60 millimeter uh, white load. The, the different colors mean that there's different staple heights. So the small intestine is where I use the smallest staple height because it's the, the, the intestine is not as thick mm -hmm. as the stomach, especially at the very end of the stomach where I would use um, a green load, which is even higher, goes black, green, gold, blue, white's the shortest staple height. A little shorty. It's a little shorty. So the white is a little shoddy. I know. We got to keep it like interesting here. Yeah. Her husband always says I get a little too technical. So V, if you're listening, I, I hear you. <laughs> Thank God Hannah's here to like, yes. keep it. Uh, try to 
colloquialize it a little bit. <laughs> Let's do it. So now what I'm doing is I'm just putting a stitch to um, just reinforce the crotch here of the other direction. So you can see now that those two intestines are beautifully um, re-put together. So I fired 61 directions, 60 in other directions, 120 millimeters opening there um, so that that's a pretty big, nice place for the, the juices to mix up with food yeah. for the first time. And now the best part, I'm going to be stapling off. I can't leave a big hole there. That would be um, massively yeah. <laughs> um, catastrophic. So what I'm doing now is I'm using this stitch to lift up on that defect. And then I'm going to come in with, guess what? Another 60 millimeter white. Here comes another go. white load. I use white, use four whites to make the JJ. Um, and I'm now going to um, cut this little piece off so that it's sealed. The stapler sta staples, seals, and then separates off that little nubbin of um, tissue there. So I make sure that it's perfectly loaded. I check both sides really meticulously before I clamp down and I let the stapler decompress the tissue and let all the swelling and all of those things come out of the tissue as well before I fire the stapler. And then you'll see it firing here. It'll go all the way across and then obviously i'm going to remove this little piece in that little needle there it goes you can see it's it kind bubbly. of bubbly yeah mm. it's already up there i love this stuff okay pull that out and i'm going to pull this out bye-bye and then <laughs> there is um your the anastomosis and then i always just clip some of these edges because sometimes this is a, a, a great point you see how it's like oozing just a little bit uh-huh so we get this question all the time, like I see a little bit of black or dark or maroon or even red in my bowel movement. I feel mm -hmm. fine. I'm not orthostatic or meaning I don't feel like I'm going to pass out, but it's scary yeah. to see blood. You're going to ooze a little bit and then you're going to pass it. Remember guys, blood is a laxative and it might come mm -hmm. out in your stool and even turn it colors. You might see um, blood in the toilet water. Yeah. So what I was doing right there was I was just checking to make sure that um, I have it all lined up correctly. It comes back down the way it should. And what I'm going to do is take a permanent suture. It's called Ethabond. And this is like a little mesenteric defect. You can see there's like a little bit of a hole there where that little mm -hmm. intestine is kind of like right, poking right through there. right in there. Yep. And I am now going to obliterate or close or purse string this hole back together so that intestines don't accidentally slide or migrate or get yeah. stuck in that hole where they shouldn't be. Right. That's called that. We do not want that. That's called an internal hernia. And there's two little defects that I close to make sure that that's all, um, you know, purse stringed or sealed up so that nothing can go. You'll see, you'll see here, um, this really cinching down nicely. All right. So I close that and now I sped it up here to take, um, we, we need a path. We need a path for the small intestine, that rue limb that's mm -hmm. going to go from the lower, the mid part of the abdomen up to that upper area. So this is your omentum. Everybody has omentum no matter um, what your BMI is. And it's just sort of the fatty covering of your intestines. And this is also part of that visceral or, or abdominal fat mm -hmm. that some patients have a lot of really thick fat and that can be um, the reason for diabetes or other issues. Yeah. All right, the star of the show. Here Let's we get go. to it. Here we do it. That's the liver. That is the liver. Great call I out. I like to orient people. That's the That's liver. The that's the diaphragm. Yes. So right up there above there's the lungs and the heart. Yes. The other side of that like papery white kind of. Yep. That's the fascia section. of the muscle on the yeah. diaphragm. The diaphragm is a muscle. 
Now, what I'm doing here, the liver has gotten stuck. The undersurface of the liver is stuck or adhesed. This is an adhesion, guys. So this is this one's not bad. Um, there is an adhesion where that sleeve has kind of gotten... You can see how the, those two things, they should not be fused, but they were kind of like stuck together there. Oh, it's almost like like super glue in between or it, hot glue. It is. And so I believe that... So there's the two main reasons, um, in addition to weight regain and plateaus that we talked about at the start of the show. The other main reason is acid reflux. Mm -hmm. And I believe that sometimes when that gets stuck, it can cause like a corkscrew or twisting. We've talked mm -hmm. about that mm -hmm. otherwise. And you can see how now that it's supposed to be laying left lateral there. And that was kind of rolled up there. Yeah. So looking, this is the sleeve and it's this over here, the whole thing. Yep. This whole thing. I am now on the patient's left lateral side of the sleeve. So I'm taking down these attachments um, along it. So basically what I'm doing is I'm doing the steps as I know I'm going to resleeve this pouch. Uh -huh. I never only resleeve a pouch. You right. can ask me, you can beg me. I won't do it um, because I believe you need the if you for the reflex component for the um potential more weight loss mm -hmm. the malabsorptive component the metabolic improvement you yeah. need the bypass as well so i do always resleeve this is the, my secret sauce here the secret to um our patients weight loss which are far superior to other um surgeons who do revisions is because i'm taking this extra time to clean all of this off yeah all of this attachments off and what all, what else this does is it really reveals the true side of the sleeve, size okay. of it. Because if you were looking, if you rewinded this and watched it again in the beginning, you would look at the sleeve and be like, okay, I've yeah. seen like what it looks like. Yeah. It doesn't look that big. But where do you see, see this up here, this is another thing where the, her surgeons who originally did that, this is all like virginal here. It's I'm going to the short gastrics. I'm going all the way to the sleeve and this tissue should have been taken down the first time and removed. Oh, okay. And I can tell that that this right here where I'm, where I'm dissecting and taking down these attachments right mm -hmm. here, this was not done appropriately. You see how close I am to the spleen? Yeah, that's the spleen right there. That maroon thing that mm -hmm. Hannah is tapping on, that's the spleen and those two things, um, this should be really separated, but that stomach extended all the way out there. So. Mm -hmm. This patient's what we call the fundus or the top portion of the stomach mm -hmm. was untouched. They did not oh, wow. adequately take down these attachments up here. So this is a oh, retained wow. fundus this yeah. patient has. So, I wow. mean, why do we think they're not gaining weight? Well, guess what? Right. It wasn't. It's virginal. It's like right. not touched up in here. Right. And there is definitely some scar tissue here that I'm um, going here. Look how big it is. Yeah. Look how big it is. You would have never known that if I didn't take all that down right, right there. So I... Um, I'm going to have my assistant, I'm sure, grab that because it's bothering me right now. Okay, she, there she comes. Come here. Come here. So then she lifts that up. Okay, so now I took that down. I'm happy with that. I haven't edited any of this. So you can see that, yes, this is sped up 1.5 times the speed, mm -hmm. but it's, it is, it's not, doesn't add too much on to do these extra steps and to really get a beautiful dissection yeah. of that sleeve stomach. And what I'm doing now is I need to get underneath and, and around the stomach here. Okay. So now I'm going to the medial side or the patient's right-hand side of the mm -hmm. sleeve and I'm taking down and dissecting tissue on this side now. Okay. So, so I basically have to... we're like creating a tube separate from like what was attached to all these other things. Exactly. I have to kind of like, it's almost like I'm like Michelangelo or something. I don't know. Like I'm like chiseling this thing out of she stone. She doesn't think highly of herself, y'all. 
I mean, what the heck? That sounds sounds like such a narcissist. Um, But anyway, yes, I'm trying to like chisel it out so it looks like it should. Because when you see it, it's like kind of all like all fat, scarred. It's hard to make out what's stomach, what's fat, what's scar. And now I'm completely around the sleeve. Okay. So this sleeve here, um, so just if you have watched the bypass video, maybe you don't remember. Mm-hmm. When I staple, um, now what I'm doing, guys, is I'm around it with this blue load stapler, which is one staple height above the white. And I'm stapling across. Now, when I do a first-time gastric bypass, look at all that. Look at all that mm-hmm. tissue up there. I did that one for, for you guys because I knew I was recording this. And I'm like, look at how big that is up there, the yeah. retained fundus. So this, I normally, if I'm doing it for the first time, I go across 30 millimeters. That is a 60 millimeter stapler hubbed. Oh. So that, the width down here is two, two point sometimes the width it should be. Oh, wow. Because the stapler, it should only be 30 across and yeah. I just went across 60. 60, yeah. So here's, here's all this. Now, the, the thing is, you can see the shape. It's like, um... It's almost like a dumbbell. Like it kind of like narrowed in the middle there. Okay. But you're going to see that it really um, gets wider as it goes up. Okay. It should that never go wider. Part of the, yeah. Like you said, the fundus is just untouched. And do you think, because this patient did have reflux, right? Yeah. This do one you, also did. Yeah. Do you think that narrowing in the middle with the bottom being wider, like I would have so. caused that to be worse too? I think so. And okay. right here, what I'm doing is I'm passing down a sizing tube. That's a 32 French. And you see everything to the left screen left right of that over. stapler. Right here. That is going, I'm re-sleeving. That's the part that's going to now be the thumb size pouch. Everything to screen right. You see all that? That is coming out. That is way too big. Yeah. At the top, it's, I would say it's almost three times the size it should wow. be at the top. And at the at the middle here, it's about just over two that's times fine. the size. So you're saying it's kind of like, almost like a like a female curve it is like of. a female yeah. curve exactly and we want it just to be like the sizing tube basically that's it so that that 32 french that guy right there now what i'm doing is i'm taking another stapler and i'm just going to go right up against that tube as my sizing metric here mm-hmm. and then i am going to make sure that i get all that fundus underneath all that fundus over there to the right look how big that is it is a lot that's crazy and i mean you know, this patient probably like beat herself up for, for not losing right, weight. And... Right. It's just not. So this is just while you're up in this area, people always complain about pain right here, right? Mm, so yeah. upper left, left quadrant kind yes. of right under the rib cage. And this is why, right? Part of it, because oh, yeah. you are like, that's where you are getting really up in there. And this is sleeve or bypass. You're that's like the top of that stomach. And that's where you're going to feel that pain. So just so you know, this is kind of what's going exactly. on inside. So if you have pain in the few days after surgery, always hear it right under the left rib cage, right under the left breast. Like that's because that's happening up there. Exactly. Exactly. So I put that piece to the side and then I am now making the gastrojejunostomy. I, I sped it up so that you didn't see some of the um re- the approximation of it but of course if you want to see a full unedited unsped up gastric bypass for all the steps i don't mm-hmm. want to be redundant please check that out okay so what i'm doing right now though 
is I now have my nice cute thumb size pouch made over a 32 French sizing tube. Mm -hmm. And now I am putting in a 45 millimeter stapler and I'm pulling it back some so that your anastomosis with this will be a 40 millimeter anastomosis okay. is um, roughly what I do. And I do that same thing if it's a first time bypass or if it's a sleeve to uh -huh. bypass. I find that you might have surgeons say like, oh, I make mine, you know, 25, 30, 35 millimeters, like 40 sounds a little bit bigger, but I have found over the years that to be compliant with the protein and the more solid food, mm -hmm. you might have the propensity to get a stricture, knock on wood. I've never had a stricture at the GJ anastomosis. And I believe it's because the anastomosis a is a little bigger. And also you can be more compliant with um, the recommendations. Yeah. And because basically what that, what I would gather from that meaning is that the stomach opening into the intestine is a little bit wider. And so things are maybe not going to sit in that stomach pouch as long or feel like they're getting stuck. Is that? That's exactly okay. right. And, and I feel that because you're more compliant, you're going to lose more weight. And I yeah. do feel like, you know, from my experience, I mean, our patients based on our data have better weight loss weight results loss. than yeah. the national averages. And that's not just me being, you know, like we're the best because we are the best, but no, it's like truly like, yeah, I look at this, all this stuff. Okay. So now what I'm doing is I'm checking the back of this anastomosis. Um, and just seeing how that looks that lined up nice. I'm going to have to go beyond it a little bit because obviously I don't want to leave a hole, yes. which is again, a leak. So a leak is something that everything within the GI tract is dirty. Mm -hmm. And I want to keep the food or the drinks, anything you ingest inside that esophagus as it goes through the hiatus of the diaphragm into the thumb size pouch directly into the small intestine. And I don't want it to leak out into the abdominal cavity. Yeah, this, this area, no good to have food and drink in no, there. No, this area is beautiful, clean. clean, healthy, sterile yeah. environment. And we want to keep it that way. It's weird seeing the stomach just like chilling there. I know you're like, uh. I'm so used to with the sleeve, you pull it out right away, you know, cause then you're done the, with you that know, part. Once it. I take out that specimen, it's gone Yeah. on this part. Um, I always very, that's a, a good point. I announced that I, um, have a specimen that's inside the abdomen. Mm. So, um, it's just like, if you put a sponge in to clean something yeah. off, like you don't want to retain sponge or retain foreign you body, it. you count, we put that on our counts. Um, that yeah. is there. And then with the bypass video, you'll see that 95% of the stomach is bypassed. And with this, I'm just bypassing that lower part of the sleeve stomach, which um, I know I don't have that much great footage. If you really back it up, you can see, but that's the, the antrum of the stomach mm -hmm. right before it becomes the pylorus. That lower part of the stomach was also very um, enlarged. And that's now bypassed or excluded from right. seeing and storing food but still will produce the juices and every the digestive juices to exactly exactly so what i'm doing is i'm just sewing this closed um in two layers and i am making sure that i get all the layers of the intestinal wall and of the stomach lining wall so i'm making sure i get some mucosa in each of those bites that's why i come up in the middle and then i kind of dunk back down and I make sure that I'm lining these up kind of like equidistance from each other so that whenever I sew it back, I can make like those cute little X's like the baseball stitch kind of a thing. Can you sew in real, like real things? That is an awesome question. Honest. So I close everyone's skin too. Oh yeah. And so I, um, but that's at this point, like sewing, sewing. Yeah. It is easier for me to now sew two-dimensional with these <laughs> long, straight, inflexible instruments uh -huh. than to do any other skill. With your own, yeah. 
It's like so easy. if you ever wanted to like repair a pair of jeans, we got to figure out how to like like make it. Yeah, put it in a laparoscopic trainer. <laughs> yeah, I will um, so that I it would be it beautiful. <laughs> it would be beautiful. It would be better than my like hand stitching. Probably. Yeah, I probably could do it like faster as crazy as that sounds. <laughs> like I'm pretty efficient at it. Like I don't. I, I never rush, but you can see yeah. it's like, it's a muscle memory. Like For I sure. could totally be having this conversation with you right now if I was doing While you were stu- Yeah, I've watched you in the OR and you will. Like you'll teach, you'll talk. We I know we talk about this in the other videos too, that like throughout this, it's not just silent in the OR of like, so, I mean, you're obviously focused, but you are, you're talking and asking questions and, yeah, you know. Just flipping the needle yep. around. Having people read your texts or whatever to you. Yo, what's, <laughs> what, what's happening? Who needs yeah, me? Yeah, who needs uh, me? Yeah. Because it's always me. <laughs> I know. No. It's, it's, it's a lot of people. So, um, so okay. So now I already went down one layer. Now I'm going back all the way to the other yeah. layer. And this is where the X's come in. I kind of split the difference between the um, previously placed sutures here. And um, my assistant is just rolling it over so that, as you saw in the beginning, there was like a little bit of a opening there. And yep. that's why I'm going beyond it to pull this Make together sure as well. So and and so just to kind of go back while we're finishing up the sewing is the this is the reason, too, when you change this anastomosis that the reflux is fixed. So you great, want to talk through point. that? Yeah. yeah. So over, you can see like a little nubbin of it over here, over here to the yeah. left um, of the screen. Okay. Now we're zoomed in again. Whenever I pull back to load the needle, we'll be like right there, right there, like over to there to the left, you'll be able to see the, um, the bypassed sleeve. And then at the end of the stomach, the culprit is the pylorus mm -hmm. because the pylorus closes and that causes things to sit in your sleeve stomach and get pressurized up the wrong direction, mm -hmm. which is the problem. So that pylorus, which was the problem, is now bypassed. And so that's why things can go through without sitting there. And even your saliva in the recovery room when yeah. you wake up is it things go down just like so much easier. So yeah, whenever I talk to patients who are post revision, you know, I'll see them and I'm like, how have things been the last week or so? And they're like, this is such a different recovery from my initial sleeve. And it's because like they are, they're able to drink just water so much more easily. They're not having that like reflux, that just pain, or even that feeling like something is stuck in their throat. A lot of times that um, is really improved for, for them. So it's definitely interesting. Yeah, it, it actually does such a great point. Um, it kind of weirds people out of the recovery, especially yeah. drinking. They're like, I can drink so easily. Mm -hmm. I'm super scared. I'm going to gain all my weight back. And I have, I lost yeah. my restriction. Yes. So you'll feel it once you start on solids. So that's what will. I always tell people. Cause it, you know, it's a week of liquids after surgery. And so you're not really going to get too full off of that because again, so like the pylorus does this, it opens and closes. It's like a sphincter, a little thing. Mm -hmm. And so when that's not happening, it's just open basically. So liquid is just going to swoop through. And um, that's also why we know dumping syndrome can happen with the bypass and there's other considerations to be made um, because things move so quickly from the stomach into the small intestine. Um but that's, you know, that's why we get that resolution of the GERD and the bad reflux. Exactly.
Now this is, um, as we talked about earlier, I closed the JJ mesenteric defect. And now this one is called Peterson's hernia defect. Do you see that hole that Hannah is ro rotating over there with the mouse? That is where things can migrate in that hole. This is the 99% of the time, the culprit. If you have an internal hernia, mm. this is where things slip in into, get incarcerated or stuck and need another um, revision to uh, surgical intervention rather to yeah, go in yeah. and pull them out and then put, this is now again, that at the bone, that permanent suture to, to close that defect. So you see how that's all purse string together there um, mm -hmm. very nicely. And um, that's the colon there. That's the colon mesentery reapproximated to the root limb. All right, and we're almost done already. So now I'm doing a um, leak test, mm -hmm. which I put this used um, stapler here to act as a clamp. So I'm clamping down on the small intestine and then I am dunking or completely submerging this upper connection under water. And I have anesthesia there inside and they are blowing that up to a gauge. It's actually 35 millimeters of mercury of pressure. And they're, we're waiting for them to kind of pump that up. And once I see that it gets inflated, then my assistant has the water and we are um, completely submerging that under there to see if there is any, there it goes a little bit. Um, sometimes the anesthesia providers have a hard time just getting the thing on, I don't know, and, and doing it right. So here we go. So um, now I'm submerging it under there and I'm seeing if there's any um, bubbles uh, in that dunk fluid. And then I'm gonna do that tip because that's anywhere I stapled um, is the potential for leaks. So we're checking for leaks on that upper connection, especially this is a revision. I did all that extra dissecting up at the top. Mm -hmm. So that all looks good. I have them desufflate the pressure. And then I take the clamp off. They completely remove and throw away that um, that uh, the CG, which is the the thing. And here it comes. This is all that. Look at that. All that's yeah, now right. going to be removed. Yeah. Um. Out this hole. That's the right of your belly button, my friends. And this is why, if you have a sleeve <laughs> or a sleeve to bypass revision, and I'm removing a specimen, uh -huh. that's why um, this really hurts. And I kept it on here because I want to keep the incisions really tiny and cosmetic. But you yeah. can see, it. there it goes. Gone. She's gone. And that's the end yeah. of it. That's it. Yeah. It's crazy. That was a sleeve to bypass. Yep. It was sped up about one and a half times. Yeah. But the usual time is just under about one hour mm -hmm. operative time, um, which in includes um everything, as right. you can see. Yeah. And you know, that's I think it's it's pretty incredible. And so as far as like the frequency of it, what is the frequency? For you overall, are there surgeons that don't do these things? Or are there like, what, how does that kind of work? So nationally, we estimate that one in 20 patients who have a sleeve or 5% will end up needing to have a revision of their sleeve to bypass, of course, either for weight regain, not losing the weight they want, or for acid reflux, yeah. or even a hiatal hernia. This patient did not have a hiatal hernia. Mm -hmm. And just to review what that is, a hiatal hernia is where the stomach, in this case, the sleeve stomach, which should be in the abdomen, had gone through a bigger hole in the hiatus of the diaphragm. So a big hole in the diaphragm, and it was partially, <laughs> kind of looks like it sucked up into mm -hmm. the 
chest cavity, and then I have to pull it back and fix that. Right. So if you have a hiatal hernia, there's no medicine. There's no amount of omeprazole or protonics or Tums that you're going to do sleeping upright, avoiding foods. You're not going to be able to do right. anything that's going, that's, you need, you basically need surgery yeah. at that point. So we do a lot of that. Um, I do a lot of revisions. Um, I now, we're, we're seeing a lot of patients come from all over. Mm -hmm. um, we, we love, I love revisions. A lot of surgeons, yeah. um, maybe they just do sleeves. We call those sleeveologists. Maybe they do sleeves and just bypass. Maybe they do yes. Some bariatric surgeons like the revisions. Some, mm -hmm. some don't do them, you know, right, for whatever reason. Or, yeah. Or regularly. So even if you did not have your surgery, um, with our program, you had it anywhere, any surgeon, mm -hmm. um, you just, you know, want to come to Body by Bariatrics, we would love to take yeah. care of you. Um, I love doing revisions. We're going to be doing a band to bypass um, a podcast here soon. So mm -hmm. band's gone even wilder, I guess we yeah. could um, call that one. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes this happens with sleeves. Mm -hmm. Sometimes their, their shapes can be all different shapes, sizes. Did they use a sizing tube originally? Did they take down all the appropriate attachments? Did you, you know, did did it rotate yeah. like what happened Something. i don't know yeah. so so we we go in there and we yeah. we will investigate it been that. 20 years you know that's true has it been um you know just a few days weeks months yeah. you know it depends some people just cannot tolerate the sleeve that's really rare um and some it kind of happens with time and yeah there's it's a very um there's definitely a pattern to the process the the pathophysiology or or basically the way people describe their symptoms mm -hmm. after a sleeve is very very identical in the way that, yeah. that it's bothering them and the good news is if you have insurance coverage that has and covers bariatric surgery listen to our insurance um podcast episode on that the good news is they will um cover these revisions mm -hmm. and... yeah a lot of times it's it is covered and uh, yeah especially for the GERD mm -hmm. the reflux really makes a big difference yeah they need so. to see that as refractory or in other words you've mm -hmm. tried the meds the meds aren't working even with maximal therapy mm -hmm. you're still having these symptoms maybe they identified on an upper GI swallow study or on a pH manometry, which is kind of a miserable study or even on upper endoscopy where you go to sleep and then you look down with a camera or a mm. scope so there's a lot of ways to diagnose it and treatment yeah. usually requires surgery. But as you can see, these are usually same day discharges mm -hmm. um, from a surgery center, from a hospital setting, very safe and effective. So don't yeah. lose hope. Don't yeah. lose hope. And from a nutrition perspective, because, you know, I got to I got to get in. Yeah, here. let's get in here. Get so in we here. do talk about the malabsorption. I think that from for a lot of people, too, when they're initially deciding if they're going to go for a sleeve versus the bypass, they hear all these things and they're like, well, that's malabsorption, blah, blah. And yes, that is the case. And that's also why we do know we see a larger rate of weight loss with the bypass and with the sleeve. Um, but the good thing is we know about those problems. Mm -hmm. We're acutely aware that that can be something. And that's why we tell you to take the vitamins and minerals that we do. We recognize that this is a concern and we don't want you to be mal. We don't want you to be malnourished. We don't mm -hmm. want you to have vitamin and mineral deficiencies. So it's something that we're keeping an eye out for, for, for any patient, for sleeve, for bypass, for revision, anything that we see, we're going to keep an eye out for those. And so it's something that I think does seem scary and it seems like, oh my gosh, I love when people call it the full bypass. Yeah. Um, and they're like, I don't know if I'm ready for the full bypass. <laughs> I'm just going to step in with the sleeve. And again, there's nothing inherently wrong with the sleeve either, but I think that it's just something that we may we look for and all programs look for. I mean, mm -hmm. it's something that should be a lifetime follow up with those 
those labs with clinical symptoms of any kind mm -hmm. of, um, you know, nutrient deficiencies. But I think too, with the benefit of that we've had of people that have gone, especially who have struggled so badly with the GERD, they're like, my chest is on fire or they have the, that and the hernia and they're like, food is getting stuck. Yeah. And it's just like, I can't even swallow half the time. Cause it's just like, because literally your stomach is in your chest. I mean, like that's how bad it is. And they, they come through and they're just like, it's night and day mm. difference between this. So if, if it sounds like you, if you're like, oh my gosh, this is, I, yeah, this is all clicking and it's been some, you know, it doesn't matter how long it's been since you had the sleep. If it's been a year, if it's been five years or 20 years, like it can be, you know, potentially you can have a lot of, of resolution and improvement in quality of life, which is huge, you yeah. know? And like you said, there's only so much for some of these that we can lifestyle our way out of it. Yeah. I mean, another um, brief thing is if they do the upper endoscopy and they see something called a bile acid reflux gastritis. So bile is made in your liver and is stored in your gallbladder. Mm -hmm. So even if you don't have a gallbladder, you, your body still has to make bile to help to digest foods. Mm -hmm. And with this, sometimes that bile is splashing back up. And sometimes if you're vomiting bile or spitting up yellow or, you know, that, you know, the color of bile, then they can try to prescribe, we can prescribe carafate mm -hmm. one gram four times a day. It ain't going to help. Like bile is just like, all right, we're yeah. going to the OR. Let's just do it. Well, and and something else to consider with really bad reflux. Obviously, we know it's a lifestyle. It's a painful thing. It's not good. It also can lead to cancers. It can. And and other just more concerning things in the esophagus. So that's another place where it is. If you're struggling with this and you're like, oh, well, I'm dealing with it. I'm fine. Like, you know, there's other downstream effects that can be, yeah. can, can really be much more problematic that, of course, we would want to prevent that. Yeah. She's talking about Barrett's esophagus, mm -hmm. which um, the gastric bypass is the only surgical procedure that is known to actually reverse and uh, prevent yeah. esophageal cancer. Yeah. So, I mean, it's no joke. If you, again, don't feel ashamed, get a mm -hmm. consult. It's virtual. It's, it's so easy. Yeah. Just figure out, yeah. learn more. We can do a study. We can yeah. prove it. We can show you if you're having any issues with it. You know, sometimes I think that, um, Patients are like, oh, like my husband or my wife or like my friends, like they're going to judge me for like doing this. I, I yeah. get this a lot. So you, I get this every yeah. single, every single week I have someone's like, oh, I already put them through all this. My recovery was not easy. And like, yeah. do I want to go through this again? But like we said, like, do it. Yeah. It's at a least, lot easier. At least, yeah. Get some information. And um, as always, of course, if you have questions, yes. feel free to reach out to us. We're always happy to answer those. You can find us on Instagram at Dr. X Dietitian. She's Dr. Dovek. I'm Hannah Schuyler, RD. Um, and we are happy to help you get any of those questions answered, point you in the right direction of where to go as far as getting evaluated for potential revision surgery. And just know that, you know, it's out there. It's another tool in the toolbox in the toolkit that we have yep. for weight loss for, for all of this. And, and just also know that if you didn't lose the weight you were expecting, it might not be truly your fault, you know? So yeah, I think that's a great ending. Yeah. Get more information and, um, we would love to take care of you. So yeah. hopefully you found this helpful. Um, we're going to be making an episode guide. We already have one about, um, 
acute complications mm -hmm. and chronic complications after bariatric surgery. So there's some things in there about reflux. Um, and we talked a little bit about weight, but we'll do one dedicated to this and just the, sort of the, even the operative steps. So hopefully you're still with us. You're yeah. watching. You are not grossed out by um, seeing the inside. <laughs> I hope that it was uh, even a little bit like, oh, I thought that there'd be, you know, a little more blood or a little more yeah. something, but oh, it's pretty clean. No, that's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. A couple of RBCs, red blood cells up in there, but that's about it. That's awesome. That's fine. All right. We'll talk to y'all next time. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Bye.